But now, right now, um, I want to talk about uh, change because a couple of weeks ago we shared with you that we're making some changes in Family Church and specifically that affect our Portsmouth congregation. And that is the wonderful news that the amazing Sean and Paula Finch are going to become the congregational pastors of this Family Church Portsmouth congregation. Stand up, Paula, in case anyone doesn't know you. It's very unlikely. <laughs> and Sean is today speaking in our Haven't congregation. If I could have a little bit of my voice in here, that would be really cool. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, and yes, yeah, so Sean's over in Haven't today, but um, that's just one of the, the, the changes um, that we as the church family uh, are going through at this time. Because the fact is there's always change, isn't there? Um, in your lives, I'm sure there are things that are constantly changing, other things that that you know, may feel like they've remained stable for a long time that suddenly you think, oh, things seem to be changing. And, and change is okay. Uh, change can be a really good and a positive thing. And I just want to talk to you about uh, three types of change that we all uh, go through sometimes. But just let me start by, by referring us back to the last Sunday of January. Anyone remember it? Um, it's uh, when we shared um, our vision for this year. And our vision for this year is based on Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. And, uh, and, and the, the, the overriding thing that we want to encourage you, us, our church family to do this year is to run the race that God has set before us with endurance, looking unto Jesus. Jesus must be, has to be, center place in all we do. Amen? And if we're going to run our race with endurance, that means run with stamina, with strength. Keep going even when it gets tough. If we're going to do that, then our eyes need to be firmly fixed on Jesus. And we need to be a spirit-filled people. We need to be a people who are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And... Um, and the thing about uh, running a race, there's, there's lots and lots of things that we could talk about. But one of the things that helps us to become the best athletes that we can be, and I know I'm speaking to a fine bunch of athletes this morning, spiritually speaking, um, <clears throat> and, and physically as well, of course. Uh, but one of the things that helps us to be the best athletes that we can be is not keeping everything the same all the time, Right? So, um, as you probably are aware, I used to be a champion cross-country runner. Between the ages of 15 and 17. Well, I ran for Hampshire once. Um, the rest of the time, it was like local New Forest is where I was from. It's where I went to school. So, there's plenty of opportunities to do cross-country running in the New Forest, right? So, um, and, and one of the things about uh, running that I really liked, I liked to know exactly where I was going. I, preferably, I liked the same course every single time. I liked to run with the same people every single time because I could beat all, all but one of them. Uh, Richard Baldy, I couldn't beat. At Richard Baldy. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and I liked it when it was nice, cool, dry weather. I didn't really like it when it was too hot. I didn't like it when it was raining either. Um, and I, I probably am one of those people that, naturally speaking, I prefer everything to just stay the same. If everything just stayed the same forever, um, you know, 
in the natural, that would make me happy. Um, but actually, probably less and less these days, because I realize that, that when everything stays the same, um, that's not how God wants it, actually. And life can be quite boring, actually, when it all stays the same. So, you know, it's good to change it up, right? When you're an athlete, uh, that the challenges faced by running different courses, by running with different companions, let's say companions, because, you know, we could say competitors, but we're not here to compete against each other, are we? We're here to be companions running together, cheering each other on, right? You good at cheering each other on? Do you like it when others fail? Good, a good answer. Do you like it when others succeed? Okay, so, so that's what God's called us to do, to encourage one another. You know, it says in Hebrews 10, let's not forsake the gathering of ourselves together, but let's do it more and more as the last days approach, because it's an opportunity to bring encouragement and courage to one another. Amen? Good, just reminding you about that. Although I'm preaching to the converted, you're all here right now. So make sure you tell your friends. Um, so anyway, so the, the, the change in course, if the course changes, if the companions change, um, if the conditions change, that actually can be a really positive thing for a runner because it causes the runner to become stronger. So actually, I, I discovered when I was running cross country for all those years, um, I discovered that when we did different courses, that was a really good thing because it kept me on my toes. It, it, it caused me to push harder and, and to think smarter. Uh, when, when we changed the people that we were running with, it gave me more opportunities to have to push myself further because there was others, not just Richard Baldy, that could beat me in the race. And, uh, and, and when it was raining and when it was so hot that you thought you were going to faint halfway around, that was actually a really positive thing because it caused you to keep pushing and to become stronger. Uh, and I believe that, that change can be a really positive thing in our lives because it can cause us to become stronger. It can cause us to, to um, learn how to endure in life uh, and not just settle for things all being the same because that's easy. Anyone can do that. Um, so let's talk about these, these three things today. When it comes to our Christian lives and running the race that God set before us, if we're going to run our best race, we need to, need to learn how to embrace change. Everyone say embrace change. Turn to the person next to you and say embrace me. No, no, no. just <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Okay, some of you did, didn't you? And you're just waiting there for that person just to embrace you. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Change of course. Let's talk about change of course, because this is one of the things that we need to learn to embrace. What's a change of course? So what I'm talking about is um, a change of what we're doing. Um, when I talk about change of companions in a minute, I'm talking about who we're walking with, who we're working with. And when I'm going to talk about change of conditions, it's just about what's going on around us. So all of these things can be changes. And it's good to learn to embrace change. Pastor Andy loves change. Smudge loves change. Like Literally every conversation that Smudge and I have, he's like got an idea. Um, so is Pastor Andy. I'm surrounded by ideas people. My wife, Carla, she loves change. And uh, I'm like the one that's like... Oh, do we need to do that? Is, is that? is that God? Is that yet? Is it now? 
Not, not quite yet, is it, Pastor Andy? <laughs> and, um, but, but you know what? That keeps me on my toes, and, and it keeps us as a church moving forwards, right? Um, you know, so some people love change. I haven't always liked change. For me, change meant uncertainty, risk, feeling uncomfortable, feeling insecure, potential for failure, more work. <laughs> why would I put myself through that? Um, you know, why would I choose change and put myself through all of that? But I'm learning to embrace change because I've uh, learned that without change, you just go around in circles. And I'd much, personally, I'd much rather run a cross-country course. I'd much rather not run at all uh, now. But I'd much rather run a cross-country course than I would just run around a track. Uh, you know, if, if I was going to do a marathon, 26 miles <laughs> round a track, boring. So, you know, rather go through the city. That's why they do marathons through cities and stuff, right? So, and I've also learned that uh, change can bring the next thing to my life. Uh, if change doesn't happen, then you're going to ne never step into the next or the new thing in your life. Change brings the next thing to us as a church. So, you know, the church that we're, we're in right now, what we're doing right now, uh, who you're with right now, it's going to look different in five years, in ten years' time. And that's okay. That's a positive thing. Um, yeah, because change helps us to become stronger and prepares us for the challenges that are ahead. And without change, I wouldn't be the person that I am today, and the church wouldn't be the church that we are today. So let's talk about change of course. So you probably won't always be doing what you're doing, probably shouldn't always be doing what you're doing right now. Uh, whether it's the job you do, the season of parenting that you're in, uh, the hobbies or the sports that you're involved with, the area of church ministry that you're serving in, um, you probably won't always be doing what you're doing now. Um, and it's not a bad thing that you won't be doing what you're doing now, running the course that you're running right now, because actually some change is really good. The other day, just going to embarrass Elliot, the other day we drove past Cotner Primary School, and Elliot looked at the school and said, I miss that place. I miss, I wish I was still there. You know, secondary school is like a bit harder. Not that hard really, is it? But it's a bit harder. <laughs> and... Uh, and it made me think, yeah, I mean, I get that. I, I get that, you know, it was more fun, less work. Um, but actually, if you stay, if he'd have stayed in that same place forever, then he never would, would grow uh, and mature and learn new things. So actually, change is really positive in that sense. It's good that we're not doing the same things that we were doing before. Um, you know, season of parenting. Um, you go through different seasons of parenting and, and it's good that you, your children uh, grow up and get older because um, that's, that's what they have to do in life. Uh, and, and God's our heavenly father. And the thing is, when, when, when we change what we're doing, when we change the course that we're on, God's our heavenly father that not just wants to give us wisdom, but he wants to instruct us and tell us which way to go. Um, God gives us the gift of choice, but he also knows what's best for us because he can see the end from the beginning. And he wants to help us to see the end from the beginning and help us to have wisdom and choose the best course for our lives, to do the best thing for our lives. So let's make sure that we're asking God what his best is for us, that we're asking God for his wisdom. Amen? Um, God wants to do that for us individually. 
as a church, uh, really, really want to know what God wants us to be doing, where he wants us to be going. Um, now, we see uh, God spoke to his people, the children of Israel, through Isaiah when they were in captivity in Babylon, just before they returned to their homeland. So this was effectively their second exodus. They left captivity in Babylon, went back to their homeland. Um, but at the start of this passage in Isaiah 43 that we're going to read now, um, it just refers back to the exodus from Egypt. So let's just read that, verse 16. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the power. Okay, so, so this is referring back to when the children of Israel left Egypt. And then it says in brackets here, they shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they're extinguished, they're quenched like a wick. And this is referring to the Egyptian army that was um, taken out by the Red Sea as the Red Sea came back together. And um, so, so it, we were remembering here this incredible deliverance from Egypt, this exodus from Egypt that the Israelites experienced. And then it says, I think this is verse 18, it says, do not remember the former things. And I just think that's really funny because Isaiah has literally just reminded everyone about the former things. And then God says, do not remember the former things. We'll come back to that. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. Everyone say ostriches. Just thought it was a great word to say. Because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. So, so they remember the old, then they're told not to remember the old because God's going to do a new thing. And then the new thing here is described. And it is basically rivers in the desert, a road in the wilderness. It, it's saying God's going to make a path, that life is going to come, that God's going to be glorified and honored through the new thing that he does. Amen? But it just speaks, it shares this picture of, of life, life abundantly. So... This whole thing is a bit confusing, isn't it? This is what I did when you left Egypt. Do not remember the former things. Well, it's, it's simply referring to, we're not to forget the good things that God's done in our past. In fact, it's good to remember the good things, the testimonies that God has done in our past. But also, we're not to try and live in them. We're not to keep going back into them. What God's going to do next is different to what he did before. Amen? Well, the next thing that God wants to do in your life is different to what he did before. But it's good to remember the things that God's done because it encourages faith. It encourages us to remember that God is able. That, that when there isn't a way, when there isn't a road through the wilderness, God makes a road. When there isn't a way through the sea, God parts the waters. Amen? So let's make sure that we celebrate the good things that God's done to remind ourselves of who God is and what he's able to do, but let's not get stuck on or distracted by the former things. The way that God took us yesterday is the way, a different to the way that we're going today. 
as individuals and as his church. Let's embrace the new thing that God's got for us. Amen. You know, just again, referring to Sean and Paula, we're on this path of change at the moment. And it's an exciting path. And what God's going to do next is different to what he did before. And in case you missed the announcement a couple of weeks ago, it doesn't mean that Carla and I are going anywhere. We're going to continue to worship and serve here in Portsmouth. But we're, it, it means that we're free to, um, to operate in our role as executive pastors, uh, which basically is about overseeing um, uh, the, the, the whole church activities, what we do as a whole church um, under Pastor Andy and Gina's uh, senior leadership. And we're excited about being able to give time, uh, not just to this congregation, but to the whole of Family Church to make sure together all of our congregations, Portsmouth, um, Gosport, Waterlooville, Haven, Waterside, and our online congregation, that we're in strength and that we're going forward together. It's exciting days. So, anyway... Whenever God is involved in changing what you're doing, you'll experience the life of God as you walk in it. And we saw that from that passage there. You know, a road in the uh, desert, uh, rivers in the desert, a road in the wilderness. Um, and and this, this picture of, of life springing up wherever God is working. Now, um, the next thing, the next kind of change that we uh, that we will go through and that we need to learn to embrace is change of companions. Now, I'm not talking about changing your husband or wife, just to clarify. Uh, my prayer is that our marriages and our families will be strong and knitted together for our whole lives. And uh, if that has not been your experience, well, God is the restorer. He is full of grace and love and he is able to um, just bring restoration to your life where there's been hurt, where there's been pain, where there's been suffering. God restores. Amen? That doesn't mean the picture will look the same, but it means that in the different picture, God restores. Praise God. Now, but we probably won't have the same people uh, that we're running alongside as we do the race of God for our whole lives. Um, Apart from our marriages, is my prayer. Uh, but in life, people come and go. Uh, often people that you walk with uh, and work with, it, it changes over the course of, of the journey, over the course of the race. Um, and a change of people can be really difficult to negotiate. Um, in fact, it can be harder to negotiate than a change of course because um, the fact is that we have stronger bonds with, with the people that we do life with than with the stuff that we do, don't we? And so that can be the hardest bit about a change of course when that takes you away sometimes from the people that you've, you've done a lot of life with. That can be really hard to negotiate. Now, in Acts chapter 15, the Apostle Paul was traveling with Barnabas. They lived in constant change in terms of what they were doing, but they'd always had each other. They'd always had each other. Uh, until John Mark sort of messed it up a little bit. Let's read what happened. Acts chapter 15, verses 36 to 41 says, Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John, called Mark. He's the guy that wrote the Gospel of Mark. Young guy at this time. But Paul insisted that they should not 
take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Good choice, Barnabas. Uh, But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, which is Turkey now, strengthening the churches. So they parted ways. Barnabas went with John Mark to Cyprus. Paul went with Silas through Syria, Turkey, to do what they had set out to do, which was to strengthen the churches. And as Paul traveled through Turkey, who did he meet? The one and only Timothy, who became a son in the faith to Paul. And I just think this is a great example of how sometimes um, a change in companions, a change in people that you're running with, isn't a bad thing. Even though it appears... Uh, to be bad and maybe there was some human flesh involved in terms of you know uh, having this argument um, or this disagreement but actually at the end of the day it took Paul and Silas on a journey where they met Timothy and Timothy became one of the 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 um, the pillars of the church um, in that area uh, and and in Ephesus at that time and so a change in companions isn't always a bad thing. Um, it can be difficult to manage. It's, I think it's easier to welcome new people into your life than it is to know when to close the door to those that shouldn't be part of your life anymore. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, right? Um, so, in fact, closing the door on relationships that just aren't God's will for you anymore... Um, can be really messy sometimes, and and, and there can be misunderstanding. Um, But I think, you know, we need to be brave and mature to make those decisions sometimes. And we need to be accepting when someone says to us that, um, you know, this isn't um, a friendship that they want to be a a strong friendship anymore. We just have to accept it, don't we? Um, Even though we don't understand it sometimes. And, you know, I think this is especially true when you first become a Christian, There are sometimes friendships that you have that just bring you down, bring you down all the time. Friendships that you have that just are just pulling you away from God. And if they keep doing that, um, then you have to sometimes bring an end to those friendships, burn those bridges. Um, You know, and and sometimes, I mean, sometimes we we bring people with us. I guess that's better is if you can bring people into the kingdom with you when you become a Christian and help them to find their path with God. Uh, that's probably better, but if you can't, then sometimes those friendships need to end. And also, young people, I'm talking to all of you, of course, but especially some of the guys that are sat on these first two or three rows here. Um, sometimes there are friendships in your lives that you know are pulling you away from God, and you have to bring an end to them. You have to distance yourself. And there may be misunderstanding. There may be people that just don't get it, that don't understand why you don't want to hang out with them anymore. But you have to be brave and courageous and, and make those decisions because God's got his hand upon your lives Every one of you. God's got his hand on your life. He wants you for his own. He doesn't want you to be in two camps. He wants you in his kingdom alone. He wants you to serve his purposes in your life. Amen? Not just you guys sitting there. Any any young person here, but anyone. God wants you. He wants you for his kingdom purposes. Amen? 
Okay, where was I? Oh, yeah. Um, so I mentioned the AOG conference. Um, I'm currently enjoying welcoming new people into my life uh, through some of the, uh, some of the, the friendships, some of the relationships that, that I'm building at this time. And, and it's interesting because over the last couple of years, you know, I feel like for us, for, for me, um, there's been some friendships, relationships that seem to have, have, where the door's closed. And I was wondering what was happening there. And I think it's about capacity. I mean, you can't be friends with the whole world, can you? <laughs> like, you can't, we, we all can't be best friends together. Um, and, uh, but it's important that everyone in our church family feels friendship, that they feel love, they feel welcome, that they feel part of God's family. Let's make sure everybody in this room and, and beyond this room who's not here today knows that they are loved and are an important part of God's family. That takes having conversations. It takes when you're in the coffee hall, seeing someone sitting on their own and going over to them and talking to them. Let's be really good at that church. Amen? Okay. So... The third type of change, I'm really, really going to be quick because I'm basically out of time and, and I'm just going to mention this, is change of conditions. When the stuff that's going on around you changes. The thing about the first two, the change of course, what you're doing, change of companions, who you're running with, you have some say often over the changes. In fact, you can initiate those changes often. But when it comes to the change of conditions, I know that as a as an expert professional runner um, between the ages of 15 and 17, um, I know that I had no control over the conditions, the weather conditions. Um, I had to just get on with running, whatever the conditions were like. And I just want to encourage you today, whatever is going on in your life, whatever the conditions are, whatever the circumstances are around you, run with endurance. Keep going. Sometimes you just have to accept that, that there are things going on around you that you can't change. You have to keep going. Don't let the conditions make you stop. Don't make them, you know, when, when a runner sits down in the rain and just starts crying because they just can't keep going anymore, you know what they need sometimes is the other runners to come alongside and grab their hand and pick them up and get them going again. And church, we need to do that for each other, don't we? Let's look out for each other. Let's look out for those that have just been overwhelmed by circumstances, overwhelmed by the conditions that they're running in. Let's grab their hand and let's run with them again. Help them to get back on their feet. Amen? Um, you know, there's lots and lots of things that are, 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 sickness can be a change in condition, loss, tragedy, um, just you know, making bad mistakes and sometimes other people making mistakes can sometimes affect your life. And all of that stuff, it can cause you to think, wow, it's really pouring with rain. And other times, you know, the, the, the sun is beating down on you. You've just got no energy left because it's just so hot and you just can't go anymore. But let me encourage you today, whatever the weather, keep running. And remember that Jesus is the one who calms the storm. Maybe reach out to Jesus as well, because he, behind the scenes of your life, he can calm the storm. Amen? So that's pretty much all I want to say today about change. Um, skip through the last bit a little bit, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I just want to say that, that whether it's a change of course, whether it's a change of companions, whether a change of conditions in your life, let's embrace what God's involved with. Let's keep going 
when the conditions are tough. Because as you embrace the change that God's involved with, you can always expect the life of God. Just like in Isaiah 43. You know, it's what an incredible picture. Rivers in the desert. That's not natural. That's supernatural. That's a work of God. I believe in this season, I just want to prophesy over you, over Family Church, in this season, uh, let's embrace the change that God is doing. Let's embrace Sean and Paula um, as, as new congregational pastors from September as we work towards that. There's lots of behind-the-scenes conversations that we're going to be having and, and stuff that we're going to be doing to make sure that as they take uh, that position, that role in September, they get the best chance to run strong as leaders of this congregation. Um, and, and let's embrace that. Let's celebrate the change that God's involved with because the change that God's involved with, life. You can expect the life of God. Um, it's really exciting. Um, and, and I just, I just want to prophesy over you, over Family Church, that God is doing a new thing, that there is a fresh work of God. And, and, and the thing about um, the fresh outpouring of God's Spirit, the thing about the fresh work of God, it needs wineskins that are new wineskins, not old wineskins. So let's prepare our hearts. Let's be people who um, are not going to be overwhelmed by what God's doing, but ready to receive what God's doing in our lives. And I know the new wineskins, old wine thing, skins thing, you know, it refers to, the, to the, the law versus grace. It refers to the old versus the new. But also in this context, it refers to us having hearts that are ready to capture and contain what God wants to do. Because God wants to do it in you and in me, in us as a congregation, in us as a church. God is doing a new thing. Amen. Can we stand? And I just want to pray for you. And then we're going to sit again and do one more thing. We were like yo-yos at conference this week. We were up, down, up, down, up, down all week. So this is, you've got it easy today. Lord God, I just thank you for my uh, brothers and sisters here today. I thank you for our wonderful church family. And I thank you, Father, that you're doing a new thing. And Lord, we want to be people that say yes to your thing. Lord, we want to be people that say yes to what you're doing. And, and God, right now we say yes. If you want what God wants to do in your life, just say yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. We say yes, Lord, to what you want to do in our lives. So we surrender to you. We say, God, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Please take your seats. So don't leave yet. just want to do, say one more thing. Um, and that is simply that if you're here today and, um, and you haven't become a Christian, you haven't yet uh, put your faith, been deliberate about placing your faith in Jesus, then this morning I just want to give you the opportunity to make a decision in your heart that will change your life, to say yes to Jesus. And what does that mean? That means saying no to the old life. It means saying no. I don't want to live like the world anymore. But I want, to, I want to live God's will for my life. I understand that God has a plan for my life. God loves me. 
God, God wants to be involved in my life. He wants to be my friend. That's what that is, that decision. And when you believe in Jesus, you're putting your faith in the God who stepped into this world, into human flesh, was nailed to the cross, suffered and died, took sin upon himself, the sin of mankind, the sin of you and me. He took that sin upon himself. He died. He was buried. He rose from the dead. He proved that there is life beyond the grave. And when you put your faith in Jesus, you accept that Jesus took your punishment for your sin. He took your place on that cross so that you could be made right with God and have a friendship with God that starts in this life and goes into eternity. When we die, we have the incredible assurance that we will live for eternity in heaven. Praise God. So if you want to make that decision today, just pray this prayer in your heart with me. In your heart, just say, Dear Father, I accept that I cannot live up to your perfect standard and I repent of my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. I believe that you forgive me and make all things new. I surrender to you and ask you to be Lord of my life. I want to take your path for my life. So fill me with your Holy Spirit and empower me to, to live a life that honors you. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Just would you just keep your heads bowed just for a moment longer. If you prayed that prayer in your heart today, would you just do one more thing for me? Just so I can see you, so that I can pray for you. Just raise your hand. Just say, that was me. I prayed that prayer today. I've just made my peace with God. I've just accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Just raise your hand where you are.